Imagine the weekends, the crowds that would come and sit there and just watch Noah build this boat. But there's no water. 120 years. And then what? The end came. You know how many people were on the earth at that particular time? As many people as we have today on the earth. And only eight people were saved. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's message from Raul introduces a new series in the book of 1 Kings. We'll meditate on its key theme today, redemption. We'll see that from the day Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden to the present, God has never waved in His plan to restore all people to fellowship with Him. Here's Raul Reese with our introduction to 1 Kings. We have not only the beginning of the appointing of Solomon, but also the appointing of 19 good kings and 20 bad kings. The north and the south. And when you read the book of Kings, you have to understand that Solomon was not only the son of David, but Solomon was one of the most wisest men that ever lived. He gave us the book of Proverbs. He gave us Ecclesiastics. He gave us a song of Solomon. And when you read these books, you can see the progression in the life of Solomon when he was just a child and he was walking with God and when he was backsliding in his own personal life and then when he came to the place in his life in Ecclesiastics where he writes and he says, everything in life is emptiness of life. I've tried it all. I've had it all. He had not only wives, but concubines. 1,000 women in his life. A man that had it all. Gold, silver, houses, horses. Everything you could imagine. But then when you go back and you begin to read the Bible. And you start at the beginning of the Bible. In the book of Genesis. Which is the book of beginnings. You begin to learn that in the book of beginnings. God had a purpose for each one of us that are here tonight. First of all. He had a purpose in gathering to himself. A people for himself. Called the nation of Israel. The people of God. Why? Because he wanted the Jews to become a light to the world and go out and bring the non-believer to himself, to God. But never to be infected by the lifestyles of those people that lived in the world. And what happened? The people of God became infected. Just like the church today. God has called us to be a light on a hill to shine out forth in the darkness And never, never to compromise our position concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, when you study the book of Genesis, you begin to see that Genesis speaks, first of all, of creation. How God created the heavens and the earth and the universe not only was put together by God. 
And what is amazing to me is that when he created the heavens and the earth, when you read the first two verses of Genesis, you begin to see that when he talks about in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the word created in Hebrew, there are two words. And a lot of times people mix up the words. The two words that are used there is Asa and Bara in Hebrew. And when he uses the word Asa, he says that God created the heavens and the earth out of some already existing material that already existed in the universe. But when he uses the word Bara, it means that God created the heavens and the earth out of non-existing material. He just spoke it into being. That's the word that is used there. Bara, not Asa. And when you begin to see the divine creation of God in the beginning and the way He follows up, and because God not only loved the world, but He gave Himself for the world, that He creates a man by the name of Adam, and all God wants to do is He wants to have fellowship with that man, and that man having fellowship with God, And as they're having fellowship with one another, God begins to give them the power to go ahead and give names to every animal that God created on planet earth. Adam was a very intelligent person. And as Adam began to call out the names of the animals, God began to see that after the creation of the animals and plant life and the stars and the sun and the moon and everything, the oceans and the rivers and the men place in the Garden of Eden, that God began to see the loneliness of men. And what did God do? God put Adam into a deep sleep. And he slept. And then God had surgery... And he went in and he took actually one of the ribs of Adam. And he created a woman out of that rib. And he gave him a wife by the name of Eve. But you know what blew me away in reading the text in the Hebrew? It's interesting because when you read about God taking the actual rib from the side of Adam, there is no word in Hebrew for rib. No definition. The closest definition is this. That God took the woman from the closest part of man's heart. The woman was created from the closest part of man's heart. And when Adam saw this woman, she fell in love with Adam and Adam was in love with her. Especially when he looked at the animal kingdom. (laughs) Nothing matched it. And then what happened? And then you have the creation and then comes the fall of men. And what happens at the fall? That old serpent by the name of Satan, Lucifer, son of the morning star, he sits down and he begins to examine the woman and the man. And in the garden of Eden, because Satan is a created being of God. And in Isaiah chapter 14, Ezekiel 28, and then in Revelations chapter 12, verses 10 and 11, it says what? That actually Satan was in heaven when he was created. And somehow Lucifer, Satan, 
the adversary began to think that I can take over God's throne. I can throw him off. I can rule. I can be like God. And when that happened in Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, it says that God took him and he cast him out of heaven with one third of the angels of heaven that rebel against God. Millions and millions and billions of angels were created. You can read it in the book of Revelation chapter 5. Millions and billions of angels. And these angels, they were cast out. One third of them, they were cast out of heaven to the earth. They became demons. Wicked adversaries. With their commander in chief, Satan himself. And what did Satan do? He came to the Garden of Eden and he began to deal with our first parents. How did he do it? Very simple. He came and he did not tempt the man, but he came to the woman. Now everybody says that it was an apple. No, we don't know what it was. But it was some kind of a fruit. And God had put some drawing lines and said, Look, the day that you eat of this tree, you will surely die. He gave the command. But Satan played on the emotions of the woman. And she began to communicate with Satan. And Satan began to see her weakness and played on her. And what's the first thing that he did? He challenged the word of God. Did God really say that on the day that you eat, you shall die? You will not die. You will become like God's. And you see, Eve communicated with Satan. And then Eve gave way to temptation and gave to her husband. And they both fell into sin. And what does it say in Genesis? The moment they fell into sin, what is the first thing that they recognized? That they were naked. Before that they didn't even know they were naked. They were pure. Holy. In the image of God. Now they had a nature. A fallen nature. And what's the first thing they did? They looked at themselves. They were naked and they were ashamed. And they went over and grabbed some fig leaves. And they put them together to cover themselves. Their nakedness. And then that's a picture of what? Man's self-righteousness. Trying to cover himself from his sin. Instead of coming to God. Always through their own works. And then the Bible says that God came walking through the cool of the garden. And he said, Adam, where are you? And when you read that, listen, don't think that God is mad and angry and screaming at our first parents. It's actually a cry of mercy, a cry of a father losing his children. Crying out, what happened to you? And what do they do? Second thing, they hit themselves from the presence of the Lord. How can you hide from God? This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. For Bible-rich resources to nurture your faith, visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. You'll also find additional biblical insight when you join Raul for Straight Talk on his YouTube channel, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now back to the final part of our introduction to 1 Kings. <music> 
You know what the third problem was? They made an excuse of their sin. The husband blamed it on the woman, and the woman blamed it on the serpent. Nobody was ready to confess. And what did God do? God went ahead for the first time in the book of Genesis after the fall, and he actually slaughtered a animal, a lamb. And what did he do? He brought the actual skins and covered them with it. Why? It's a sign of redemption, atonement for men. And then we began to see that Adam and Eve, when they have their first child, is in the likeness of who? Not in the likeness of God, in the image of who? Adam and Eve, fallen nature now, sinful. Man has sinned. And then we began to see that as they begin to multiply, you come to creation, the fall, and then because men become so perverted, so messed up in the chapter 6 of the book of Genesis. It says what? That God was not only looking down upon man, but man was so corrupt and so wicked that every imagination of their minds was to do wickedness. And it says in Genesis 6, 3, He came down and said that men will only live 120 years and then the end will come. My spirit will not always strive with men. 120 years and the end will come. 120 years, God would pour out His grace, His love and His mercy. And if you read Genesis chapter 6, when you get to about verse 4 and 5 and 6, you will see, that literally in that period of time, there were these people, giants, Nephtalims called in the Hebrew. They were intermarrying with women on the earth, and actually their seed became giants in the land or in the world. And the word Nephtalim literally in the Hebrew comes from a mixture of these fallen angelic beings coming down, and then possessing women and having sex with women, and they would have have human and have demons in the time of the flood. Read Dr. Morse's book, it's incredible. And this is why God had to destroy the world. It had become so corrupt, so rotten. The word that he uses in Hebrew for rottenness is the actual same word when you have an apple that has turned totally brown and is rotted. Completely. That was the actual condition of the world. And what did God do? God found one man out of the millions and billions of people by the name of Noah. And he began to speak to Noah and said, Noah, 120 years, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go and build me a boat. A boat, two stories, one door, one window, and you can actually put inside of this boat 522 railroad carts inside of it. And you're going to bring in one female, one male, one clean, one unclean, and they're going to come into the ark. And you and your wife and your children. Why? Because God was bringing redemption once again. God was going to destroy the world, but God was giving people a chance to repent of their sins for 120 years. 
Can you imagine what it must have been like being away from the ocean? Long ways from the ocean. Let's say we're over here in Diamond Bar. Or let's, get a, let's go to Glendora. Or the high desert. And build a boat. You think people are going to mock you? Or they're going to be glad that you're doing that? They began to mock Noah and say, What are you doing? Why? Because listen, it had never rained on the earth. Never. There was a cloud covering over the earth. They would water the earth, but never ever had it rain on the earth. That's why people live so long. Because the radiation of the sun was not coming through and breaking the cells and the skin. Read it for yourselves. Scientifically, it's incredible. And what's really amazing is that here Noah is building this ark and his sons, three sons, their wives and his wife, total of eight people. Can you imagine every day people coming by? Imagine the weekends, the crowds that would come, like a fair, and sit there and just watch Noah build this boat. But there's no water. No water at all. 120 years. And then what? The end came. And what happened? It says that God led the animals into the ark. And then Mr. and Mrs. Noah and their children and their wives. And they came in and listen. It says in Genesis chapter 6 what? In chapter 7 and 8 it says, And God shut them in. Now listen. You know what the ark was made of in the bottom of the ark? Pitch. And pitch is a type of what? God atoning the boat to protect them divinely so they would not sink. God's divine protection. Again, atoning Adam, no, Noah, Mrs. Noah, their children, and their wives. And they were stuck in the ark for a whole year. But God said it's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. And everybody's going to die except you guys. Do you know how many people were on the earth at that particular time? As many people as we have today on the earth. And only eight people were saved. The rest went to hell. That's what the Bible says. God gave him 120 years. And after the flood, what happened? Noah, his wife, his children came out of the boat and they multiplied the earth once again. All of the nations of the world. Chapter 10 of Genesis, read it. Every ethnic group found there in Genesis chapter 10. And then in chapter 11, you know what happens? After this whole thing happens, there's a guy by the name of Nimrod, a type of the Antichrist. He was actually a hunter of men. He went out and hunted people. That's what his name means. And you know what he did? He said, you know what, you guys? We need to build a tower to reach God. And what did they build? The Tower of Babel. Confusion means Babel. And what happened there in chapter 11? This is where astrology began. The worship of the stars. And when God saw the tower, what did he do? Because it is believed scientifically by geologists that the world, if you look at the world the way it's set today, 
not only was it before the flood in a complete order, but after the flood it actually tilted. And then every piece of land that we don't see today, it was like a puzzle. It came together in fits. But at the time of Babel, the confusion came when their languages were confused. Is when it is believed that God separated the earth and made all of the nations of the world. And you have the Africans, and you have the Russians, and you have the Chinese, and you have all the different countries. Read it. It's all in Genesis 10. It's incredible when you follow the genealogy. All the ethnic groups. And then what happens? Confucian. Then in chapter 11, at the end of the chapter, there's a guy by the name of Abraham that God is raising up. And where is he raising him up from? He's raising him up from a heathen home. His father, Terah, he worships the moon, God, where he lives. They worship the moon. And God went to Abraham, Abraham at that time, not Abraham, but Abraham. And he said to Abraham, I want you to go out of your family's life, take whatever you have to take, and I want you to move out of your land and go where I'm going to show you by faith. And remember what Abraham did? He left everything and started going by faith. And Abraham became what? The father of the Jews and the father of the Arabs. Interesting. But you know what's more amazing about that? Is that Abraham now becomes the father of multitudes. His name is called now Abraham. And then Sarai, Sarah now, you see. And God gives him a son by the name of what? Ishmael first. Because Sarah said, Abraham, I can't get pregnant. I'm too old. Why don't you take our concubine, go into her and have sex with her and have a child by her and they'll have a son. When God already had promised a son. And Abraham did obey his wives. He messed up. And what happened? God gave him a son by the name of Isaac. And he became the prime leader of the Jewish nation of Israel, not Ishmael. As you contemplate the Lord's long-standing history of faithfulness to imperfect people, we encourage you to fully entrust Him with your heart and life. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review today's message, we'll send you a complete version for a donation of $5 or more. To get that, simply call us at 800-634-9165 and mention Raul's introduction to the book of 1 Kings. We'd also like to tell you about Rawls' booklet titled Sin, The Root of All Evil. Shining a spotlight on the dangers of spiritual compromise, you'll get a challenge to evaluate the areas where you might be tempted to stray from the Lord and recommit to obedience and surrender. You'll see that small, daily decisions to honor the Lord can have a lasting, positive impact. Act now to order this practical guide. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawls' booklet titled Sin, The Root of All Evil. We'll send your copy for just $8 plus shipping and handling. Our phone number once again is 800-634-9165. If you'd like to order this resource by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, 
Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Thank you for partnering with us. Every gift you give helps us reach more and more people with the saving news of Jesus Christ. Next time on Somebody Loves You Radio, we'll get into the first chapter of 1 Kings. Reflecting on the God-honoring heritage King David left to his son Solomon, we'll get a challenge to consider our own spiritual legacies. Here's Rawl with a closing comment. And then Isaac was born. And Isaac in Genesis 22 becomes what? Becomes a picture in the Old Testament of the redemption that is coming in the future, which would be 2,000 years later. How's that? When Abraham wakes him up early in the morning, he says, Son, this morning we're going to go. Don't tell your mother. We're going to go to Mount Moriah, a three-day journey. You come with the slaves, get the wood, get the knife, get the donkeys, and we're moving out. So they move out. And on their way out, three days later, they see Moriah, Mount Calvary, in Jerusalem. And he tells the servants, okay, let's pack right here. Let's camp right here. So they camp and it says, look, me and the lad, we're going up there, but we'll come back. You stay here. And on their way to Mount Calvary, all of a sudden here is Ixie carrying the wood. And he stops and says, now father, the wood, you got the knife. And here is the place of sacrifice, but where is the lamb? And his father said this, Son, Genesis 22, 8 says this, God will provide himself a sacrifice. 2,000 years later in that same place, Jesus Christ would die on the cross. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.